Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Shock Factor podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, stop spreading the Dijon mustard on the streets. Jake Mintz has returned from France. He has answered the calls. I know I was spreading mustard on my doorframe every night, hoping he would wander his way back. Jake, he's here. Jordan, he's also here. I'm excited about Jordan being here, too, and I didn't have to buy any condiments for it. So how are we feeling, fellas? Parlez-vous Francais, motherfucker. <laughs> it's me, Jake Mintz. I was on vacation in France at the least convenient possible time for someone <laughs> who does a college baseball podcast. But I have returned, and I have watched a good amount of the super regional action not all of it, which is a very important part of this show. But on this show, just so you know, this will be our super regional review, not our World Series preview. That will yes. happen later this week. Yes, and all three of us will be flying to Omaha tomorrow. We are recording this early Tuesday morning uh, to review the Supers and look backwards one more time on these 16 teams before we look forward at our eight teams competing for a national championship. And that note that Jake just gave us about the fact that he was in France is still relevant, though he is back in America because, Jake, I understand there's a little thing called jet lag. And that does, uh, you know, time zones are hard and you get sleepy at weird times when you uh, return from your travel. And that was a very important part of your final night of Super Regional Experience last night. Is that correct? That is correct. So last night I got in bed with my laptop and was like, I'm going to watch as much of Stanford against Texas as I can. And I had the game open and I dozed off and I probably fell asleep when it was like six to three in the seventh. Was okay. that score? Okay. That happened? Good to know. Yes. No, you were right. That was a, that is a, that was a, that was a score during the game. That, it actually stayed that way the whole time. Um, that was it. <laughs> Stanford just hung. Is this, is this all a bit? <laughs> it's just Stanford hanging on. They just had a very. Three. It was just a very average finish. Um, you know, some guys got out of some jams, some guys didn't. And that was it. So I I wake up from a text. I wake up at, again like five a.m. because my body's just like. And I get it. It's a text from Jordan. And it says like uh, alarm emoji, alarm emoji. Mm-hmm. The Stanford end. Do not watch the highlights. We want to reveal it to you live on the show. And so that is the kicker here. I don't know what happened. I do know that Stanford won, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because mm-hmm. or fortunately, because someone random texted me that and I just yeah. saw the text. But whatever. I don't know how it happened. I don't know anything else. And that's mm-hmm. all I have to say. Great. So it is good to know that that's actually like a perfect. I wasn't sure if you fell asleep in the first inning or, or what you had seen. So that is helpful. And so what we're about to do is is reveal uh, the end to Jake as, as best we can by sharing him some clips that hopefully the captions of which will not entirely take away. I don't think they will. I think he will still enjoy it. Go ahead, Jake. 
did Quinn Matthews pitch? Is that the, what happened here? <laughs> okay, so despite Steve's excellent tweet, I believe in the eighth that said now would be a good time to go to Quinn Matthews. Uh, no, I don't. Would have fixed everything. Did not pitch. Um, I texted Kyle Peterson and Mike Monaco, who were on the call when they had him on the in-game interview. I was like, "You need to ask him if he's available, please." <laughs> they said, yeah, "Yeah, go ahead, Steve." I I just love that kid's attitude towards it all because he's just like, "Yeah, no, I I could, I'm probably gonna get drafted pretty high here." I yeah. I personally think I think he's very talented. Yeah, but I'm gonna let him hang first. I'm I'm gonna show everybody what I got for the boys. I love it. He it was... he just a quick Quinn Matthews thing. I love it because. His voice sounds like an idiot. Like, the way he talks, and it's just because he's SoCal, right? It's like, very deep, extremely deep It's very deep, deep. he's like, bro, like, whatever, dude. But he's clearly a inte- very intelligent <laughs> human being, but his voice is that of a dodo, and so it's a great juxtaposition. Okay. Yeah, perfect. All right, here let we me, go. Let's, let's let me, not wait, make Jake wait any longer. Okay, so you think you fell asleep at 6-3. to three. Now, again, earlier in the game, so you hopefully already saw Drew Bowser hit a monster home run for the the third consecutive super regional game what what a what a late season run for drew bowser one of our favorite players um really cool crazy power okay so that puts him up to nothing early i see the two run home run i tech in our group chat i said drew bowser is a special player is what mm-hmm. i sent to you guys you did. early on in the game that's true yes no i forgot that you were you did text us about that so then uh jacko down delivers a three rbi double in the fourth so maybe you saw that and then stanford retakes the lead with some hits from carter graham and Braden Montgomery. Okay, great. We fast forward to the top of the eighth when Texas comes storming back and ties it in the top of the eighth. Okay, so, I mean, impressive rally, great, whatever. Let us skip to the first link that you need to pull up here. So, you, you obviously, you didn't see this part. So, I need you to click the second link here, not the one uh, titled Bowser, the okay. second link here. And before you watch the video, you need to understand the situation. So before before you click play, what is the situation that you see here in the in the bottom of the eighth inning? Uh, first and second with one out tie game, and the caption is Dylan Campbell with the rocket launcher arm. Yes. So I assume now, it's other, a play at the plate. The other uh, impressive the other impressive part of this or important note for this here is that Lucas Gordon is pitching. So Lucas Gordon, who started on Friday yeah. and threw 110 pitches. Uh, over five and a third innings, or start on Saturday. Sorry, on Saturday. It was Saturday. It wasn't even Friday. On Saturday, uh, who was you know he's been Texas's ace all season. He comes in. Okay, so that is that is important. And he's he is just pitching through it. Right, Lucas Gordon not going to overwhelm you. One of the best changeups in America. Can so I we go. watch the fucking clip? First please? and second. First and second. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do we see? What do we see? Here? <laughs> you don't need to give Lucas Gordon's life story. Can I watch? Well, the highlight? I do. I do. I do. It's go important. ahead. Okay, it's a Dylan Campbell catches it and he throws it from the moon. Wow, is, <laughs> so is that Campbell? Is that Campbell getting thrown at a third? No, that's uh, no, yeah, Saborn Campbell. Yes, Dylan Campbell throws out Saborn Campbell. Yes, yeah, Saborn Campbell made like he kept getting thrown out on the bases like all weekend. Yeah. I yes. feel like that happened. <laughs> yes. Okay, so <laughs> incredible play. And then it's Tommy Troy who hits it, and again oh, making the third out of third base. You can see the third base coach is. Just, I mean, in shock. I don't think he's necessarily mad at K- Sabor. I mean, it, again, like, I don't know. Would you have sent him okay. on that? Like, it's pretty. I, yeah. All right. Next clip. Okay. Next clip. Okay. So now we go to the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Texas doesn't do anything in the top of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. Third uh, clip here. We have Alberto Rios uh, at the plate. 
and he there's no one on lucas gordon is still on the mound and what happens in this play go ahead i'm gonna watch it clicking go ahead ball is roped out left field down the line off the wall ball is thrown in oh oh <laughs> okay. What uh, let's, use, let's use our words, Jake Mintz. What what happened here? What do you think happened here? Oh my god. Alberto Rios rips a ball down the line off the top of the wall. He thinks it's a walk-off home run to win the game and to go to Omaha. And so he loses his shit. He throws his helmet in the air. He like takes his helmet off and turns back to the dugout and he's like jogging around the bases because he thinks it's gone. How close is it to being gone? So the it's key the here the is wall. not that it was even off the top of the wall. It's that it was right off of the Pac-12 white logo that nobody could see the ball where it actually hit. And so right. that, it was not just Rios. The whole bench, if you watch the replay, the entire bench thinks it's out. Okay? Except the, the first base coach knows what's going on. He points... And Rios just sneaks into second with a double. Oh, my God. And then you see Rios said, did that not go out? You basically see him mouth it. Go ahead, Steve. What I really appreciate about this is the fact that, like, he didn't do it in a way where he, like, pimped it and only got a single out of it. Like, he wouldn't have gotten – there's no feasible outcome where he gets a triple out of this. So getting a double, like, no one can do the all, oh, should have hustled harder. It's like, yeah, still made it to second. So he I'm also, glad no, that worked. He, watching the video, he doesn't pimp it. He doesn't. Like, no. he, he rips no. it, and he runs hard to first. He hits first, and he thinks it's gone. He takes his helmet off, looks back, look, and look at his guys are, I mean, right, everyone's mm. streaming out of the dugout. Like, everybody was fooled. Oh, I would have been out 100%. <laughs> well, I you would have been out at first, Steve. <laughs> it would have been a force play. <laughs> okay, so that's incredible. Okay, so so that happens, right? And now we're just like the entire, um, just like the, the feeling of, because that's like a great like ball don't lie moment where it's like, okay, does that make me, not that Alberto Rios did anything wrong, but it's just like, is that a sign that Texas is going to win this game? Like that, <laughs> like when that happens, I was just like, holy shit. Okay, so now it's two outs. Remember, Gordon has already got, and at this point, Gordon is just, he's throwing like 80% change-ups. He's, he's throwing like 87 miles an hour. He's throwing the change-ups. He got the, he got the two outs. That was a two-out double, right? Malcolm Moore comes up with his goofy stance that I can't wait to ask him about in Omaha. Okay. It's, it's so like, weird. Bro. Like a Tony Batista-esque, which was before he was even born. <laughs> Whatever. Malcolm Moore comes up and draws an extremely impressive walk where there were probably some pitches that you could have called a strike. Okay, so that's true freshman. He comes up and draws a walk. So now here comes Drew Bowser. Again, Jake, it's Drew Bowser. It's Drew Bowser, okay? And Drew Bowser, again, it's set up. It's like, holy shit, like, here we go. He's he's going to – and the matchup here, because you could see, it's like, oh, my God, if he either hangs a change up or he is ready for the fastball, he is going to hit this 7 million feet. So please click the link. And right. bef- before you click play, what is the caption of the link that I have sent you? Walk off, walk off, walk off, walk off. Okay, I have given you. So again, you know that it is a walk off. I am spoiling you that. And so here's again, also what I know, just because yeah. of content. I don't think it's a home run because okay. I think if it was a home run, we would not be doing all of this. Okay, that is a very, very strong, <laughs> strong intuition, right, Steve? Right. <laughs> very good point. I, I hope you like hit by pitches that turn into triple steals. Okay. I I am fascinated 
And okay. I am honestly scared okay. because yes. I think someone will turn out to be embarrassed. Yes. Oh, so it's a for, again, first and second, two ounce, one one pitch. And go ahead, Jake, press play and give us a little play by play action. Bowser gets under it. What do we got? Okay, I went silent. That is one of the craziest ends to a baseball game I've ever seen. So Bowser, first and second, first and second, one one count, just pops it up. Like it's just a fly ball and it floats up into the lights and none of the outfielders see it and it just lands harmlessly in front of Dylan Campbell. Yep. And that's game. Tell yep. them how they go. Yep. Yep. Look at the catcher who looks like he wants to puke. I wanted to puke. Everything about it was terrible, beautiful, awful. I felt so bad for Lucas Gordon. First of all, you say, oh, it's just a pop-up. I mean, it was it's clearly a up pop. there. It, that was a that was a monster pop and relevant because Drew Bowns are capable of such monster pops. <laughs> you know, it's possible that some hitters would not have hit the ball high enough for it to be lost in the what is apparently a notorious Palo Alto twilight that has ruined other teams' defensive efforts in the past. Low this lights? Not, they got low not, lights over there? Not the first time. I don't know what the problem is. But, oh, my God, Jake, that is how they lost. I felt horrible for Lucas Gordon. I am obviously happy for Stanford, and it's not like they didn't deserve it. But for that game to end that way was so uniquely baseball. I just – there's not – that's, like, not something that – there's not really an equivalent for something like that in other sports. I And I, I can't really even come up with it. Like, I guess – I can't. I'm not even going to try to. It is It is so on its own. And um, as they point out on the broadcast after, I'm sure you're watching it a few times, the only person who seemed to see the ball was the shortstop, uh, Mitchell Daly. But other than that, center fielder Eric Kennedy and right fielder Dylan Campbell, second baseman Jack O'Dowd, just no clue Right. The whatsoever. shortstop sees it, and he just – he's decently close, but not close I mean, <laughs> It's probably yeah, the center so- fielder – it's probably the center fielder's ball. I know that they were shaded a little bit to the. It was in the, the air side. a long time. I mean, that's you know that's seven seconds of hang time. So, yeah. Wow. Anyway, so the these ahead, games Steve. get so tough for me because personally, like I love watching teams advance to Omaha, but on TV when you watch these games, you get some of the best moments of a kid's life, but you also get a lot of the worst moments of a kid's life. So when games go to extra innings in the postseason, I get a little annoyed because I typically like to turn them off in like two outs, bottom of the ninth <laughs> situations. So this was really hard to see, but I, I just can't help but feel for Dylan Campbell because there's nothing he can do about that. Like as a fielder, you can I, – I don't know if this is natural for most outfielders, but like just from shagging BP, you can go to where a ball is going to be just from hearing it and not seeing it at all. So, like, that kind of seems like what happened where he's just like, okay, well, the ball's probably somewhere over here. Let's get kind of close to it. And it just sucks that it plops right in front of him because, to be honest, not even his ball to begin with. And truth yeah. be told, they aren't even in this game if it's not for him a while Well, back, they're not even like, in this all season. Exactly. You know? Yeah, no. Obviously, Dylan Campbell's, you know, been a, an incredible player for them. And he's – like, this is just a freak play. And it sucks for everyone involved. It is not – like the, it, this is not some 
horrible misplay, like easy grounder, like that. No, right? This is just an unbelievably unfortunate sequence, and um, it sucks. Uh, I'm happy for Stanford. I'm excited to see Stanford in Omaha, but it sucks. Uh, Jake, was this worthy of holding it for you? I mean, I feel bad because it is such like a tough play to watch, but it is a pretty shocking with combined with the Rios play, which I was enjoy- excited to show you also. I thought it was a, a worthy a worthy uh, thing to make you wait for. So I appreciate your patience. So now we can proceed with the podcast. I don't feel happy <laughs> about this. Is that okay? I'm happy no, for Stanford, I, it's but... extremely okay. I trust me. I it's just you know. That's I'm the sorry type to make of, content out of this, but it's just, it was so shocking. It's the type of play that, like, ruins people's love for the sport, <laughs> right? Like, if you're yeah. a parent yeah. of a yeah. Texas it, player, it's like, fuck, I should have picked golf. Like, why didn't I play, you know, badminton? <laughs> <laughs> right, like sports where you can lose normally and you're not, like, thinking about it for the rest of your life. That would be nice. Uh, so, yeah, but cruel sport that these players play and that we watch and that we love. So, anyway, that was one. That was the final uh, ticket. I guess this happened before uh, Southern Miss and Tennessee finished up. But now we'll, we'll run through the other Supers a little bit more quickly. Of course, we're going to finish this time with Steve's trip to Charlottesville since I know we began with that last time with, this, with the regional round. Um, so the other one last night, well, I guess we can work in reverse order, Southern Miss and Tennessee. And, and Jake, anything else on, on this series? Yeah, we just have a quick ad break, I think. Oh, okay, please. All right, Jake, Jake's going to – we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with the other uh, seven Super Regionals. This week's episode is brought to you by Cracky McGee's. With the highest quality ingredients and the best people around, come see why Cracky's is the most popular restaurant in the South Terminal at Epley Airfield in Omaha. Delicious chicken, locally brewed craft beers, and savory desserts make Cracky's your one-stop shop before a flight. Cracky McGee's. Give it a look. Uh, Cracky McGee's, not a real ad. Important to distinguish. You know, we had, I know, uh, the you know Highway to Hoover podcast. They've been, you know, partnering with uh, oh. a brewery down in Hoover. Not the not the case, not the case here for the Cranky McGee's with 2.7 stars on Google. <laughs> Tough to get 2.7 stars in Google reviews. But it um, is also the only place yeah. to get a beer in the Omaha airport. Um, well, yeah, so, but, but again, with Omaha airport being so close to downtown, like, I mean, do you really need? <laughs> Do you really need to? Get... Anyway, okay. Thank you for that. I might get a beer. I might get a beer at Cracky's on the way in. Just based land... on principle, right? Land, <laughs> land in Omaha. Go to Cracky McGee's, pound myself a brewski, and then walk to the hotel. Before yeah. every game, I'm actually booking a flight from Omaha to some random small <laughs> municipal airport for forty dollars, just so I can get through security. It's a pregame at Cracky McGee's where I can drink my beer, eat my chicken, and look at no other restaurants while in the airport. Oh, Cracky man. McGee's. Now I'm, just, I'm, getting sucked, I'm getting sucked into these uh, Google reviews, and they are absolutely <laughs> wonderful. This is um, amazing. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is amazing. When you scroll down to the bottom of the Cracky McGee's website, 
under contact us, it says, better yet, see us in person. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't. Oh, oh, I'll just do that. Uh, Let me book the flight. All righty. Open all today right. from 3.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., just so you know. Oh, mm, love it. All right, maybe we'll uh, – uh, it's a shame I'm really landing after that. It's really too bad. All right, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our other seven Super Regionals. Uh, let's begin quickly with the one that ended last night. Weather was a, a factor in many regionals this weekend, the Hattiesburg one being pushed all the way until a 9 p.m. local start at the Pete in Hattiesburg. But Tennessee getting the job done in Game 3. Drew Beam was sensational. Chase Burns, wow. There's one more clip here I put on the dock that you can watch Chase Burns coming out of the bullpen and just doing Chase Burns stuff. I like to believe this is probably the hardest pitch he's ever thrown in his life. I know he's been a really hard thrower. He came in the day before and, and pitched well out of the bullpen. Uh, but this is this is uh, the definition of, of hype coming off the mound here for Chase Burns, throwing 102. I mean, it was just – it really got to the point where he was like, hey, guys, I'm going to throw the fastball, and uh, good luck. And, it's great uh, because was, last year Tennessee had a guy who threw 102, but he wasn't actually that good. <laughs> and and he yeah, it was ne- never even this motive. He's like, yep, I'm here to throw 103. Right. Whatever. Like, the thing that people never talk about, not to shit on Ben Joyce, but like he never pitched high leverage innings for never. Tennessee, and there never. was a reason and for he that. And he never – he only pitched – like we would only pitch once a weekend for sure. Like this is the thing. Chase Burns is a polarizing prospect. Like there are people that think he's a reliever, but he is – the, the, the degree to which he's transitioned into this role and is now going back-to-back days throwing 102 is really impressive to do that in the middle of the season. Like, that is – that really says a lot about him. And, and Steve, I mean, you you obviously are, are a big fan of this kid. I'm excited yeah. to watch him in Omaha. Yeah, yeah. So, on the Ben Joyce high leverage, what, what we got to realize is a lot of people last season, main storyline around Tennessee was a lot of people thought they were mean guys. Ben Joyce not throwing in high leverage situations was actually the nicest thing <laughs> Tony B could do because, I mean, you get him amped up. That's 107 coming at you probably. And, well, getting to Chase Burns here, though. Velo-wise, is it the hardest he's thrown? I don't know. Probably. In terms of using the word hard, like, oh, this goes hard, <laughs> it was the hardest pitch he's ever thrown. I've watched a lot of them. It was just stone cold and Jake, have you watched a clip? You watch a clip, yeah? Oh uh, yeah, it it's incredible. I love it. I how, how are you? How are you feeling on this one? I'm feeling good. The I'm gonna be honest with you. The clip that's actually getting my attention is the clip of Tennessee's players waving their caps and clapping for Southern Miss mm-hmm. coach Scott Barry <laughs> on his way off the field. Did you see that? Yeah, I love that. Yes. So weird. Scott Barry, the head coach at Southern Miss, is retiring. He's done. This was his last go. He did make it to Omaha in 2009, I believe. But, like, you know, making it your final year with this amazing Southern Miss team would have been incredible. So that's obviously a tough moment. And, like, Tennessee gets – they have the rep they have for a reason. Like, they are brash and they are rude and they are emotive and they're entertaining as hell. But I like how, you know, a moment like this where, you know, the lights are off. They didn't have to do something like this, right? And they make sure to pay respect to Scott Barry on his way out the door. That, that fires me up even more – than the Chase Burns clip, to be honest with you. <laughs> respect respect mm. is what really fills my tank. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, and Southern Miss, I mean, a great season. And, you know, we we did end up with one, uh, you know, uh, mid-major 
in Omaha. We did it, and it was a freaking four seed in Oral Roberts, and we'll get to them here in a second. But a valiant effort still from Southern Miss for sure. A great season and uh, much to be proud of. But Tennessee moves on. Excited to see them in Omaha for sure. Uh, Dolander was awesome in game two. I mean, he gave up that homer early, and then he just started mowing him down. He was fantastic. All right, which one would you like to go to? Uh, which one would you like to go to next, uh, gentlemen? Where, where should we? Where should we head, Steve? I'll let you pick. It can't be Charlottesville though. That's last. Uh, let, let's do. Let's do. Let's rip a bandaid off. LSU, Kentucky. Um, mm. Yep, LSU won. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> did what everyone expected them to do. I think. Yeah, uh, fourteen to nothing in game one. Uh, Eight to three in game two. Pitching to Dylan Cruz in that last spot in game two was both ridiculous and also I appreciated it because it was his last step at, at the box. And it was like, well, this is better than him just, you know, getting a walk. So that was cool. And but wow, Tommy White in that first game. Holy shit, man. <laughs> like he's and what what stood out to me about that, and he had a few more this year compared to last year at NC State. It's him pulling the ball, right? We've seen him hit all these these impressive homers to center and to right center and to right field and to him actually you know get in front of one and, and yank one almost over the scoreboard was was amazing uh, that was that was very cool that was probably my favorite tommy white bomb i've ever seen and it was i don't know if you guys are familiar with this athlete named rusty Bumgardner. um he's a team usa beer league softball player okay um who I'll send you his highlights so you guys can see Rusty Bumgardner, but Tommy White hit this ball the same way Rusty Bumgardner hits his home runs oh, and slow yes. pitch softball. I know who you're talking about here. Yes, slow pitch uh, softball at this level is one of the more fascinating <laughs> sports that does not like, get a lot of attention. Like, do they get drunk for it, or is it like if you're drinking, you're an asshole? Uh, great question. I have no <laughs> idea how to answer that, um, but I like where your head's at, and that is true. That is what Tommy White uh, kind of <laughs> feels like. But that's a compliment. That's a yes, compliment. Yes, that absolutely. Compliment. That's a great compliment in my book. Uh, Jake, which super regional would you like to go to next? I would like to go to Oral Roberts, Oregon. Which I can't help but feel both enthused and disappointed in how it played out. Mm. It was like 26 innings of invigorating, enthralling, captivating baseball that ended with the biggest two-inning wet fart in recent memory. Because what happened was, or so game one, Oregon's down 8-0, they come back and win. Fucking outrageous. Game it's, two. And by the way, I just want to say, too, that was a great – like, it was 8 nothing because Oral Roberts puts up 8 in the top of the third. And the the methodical comeback, right, the scoring, like, one or two every inning over the course of the rest of the game, those are, like, almost so impressive because you have to do it every inning. It doesn't just come out once. So, yes, amazing, great. And now we're like, okay, Oregon, here we go. I mean, if you once you win that, how do you how do you get back off, off the mat if you're if you're the Golden Eagles? And Well, well you do. You do, okay? You do. And they win game two with a walk-off down to their final two outs, I believe, in the ninth yes. inning. The, I mean, they were down they were down seven to four going to the bottom of the seventh. Um, I mean, that was not just that last inning. Right. And then right on the line, right, was it was it Matt Hogan, I think was the yeah. – or no, sorry, Justin Quinn. 
the the walk off down the line. Which uh, one note on that play? A walk off ground rule double, rare, rare. Yeah. Bounces on the line, goes in the. It, it kind of <laughs> has a strange energy to that hit. Oh my god. I, okay. I have a baseball question along those lines that I've always been too scared to ask. But in a walk-off situation, where do we rule that the hit was to like or not where was the hit to, but like single, double, triple, like mm-hmm. how come every walk-off isn't just a home run cuz the other team gives up, you know? <laughs> like uh, if they is, go all the way is, around the bases, the, well this, this is a one, good question, I get. Steve. It's definitive. I love no, this because it's like, no, that's a double, only a double. This this does matter. This is relevant. There are a couple of cases of baseball history that we're not going to go into related to this question, but it does matter. It basically just matters where the ball lands, where the fielders were, and m- almost more importantly, how many people were on base because that can impact how many t- bases a guy could realistically advance or needed to advance, right? If the bases were loaded and he hits what looks like a double, but the winning run was on third base – then it can't be a double because the only one run needed to advance. And so it's a single, even if you hit it 130 miles an hour off the top of the wall. <laughs> so, um, okay. But yes, yes. It's, it's a good question. It's okay, Steve. It's a totally yeah. reasonable question. Okay. 26, still learning the rules. Thank there, you. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Oral Roberts comes back. Holy shit. So then we go to game three, Jake, and it's like, all right, well, this should be a classic, right? I mean, both teams have delivered these amazing comebacks. So then what happens in game three? Game three, back and forth affair. Oregon has a three-run bomb in the bottom of the first or bottom of the second, maybe, and it's like, oh, first, yep. that's it. Thank you for that. I watched on the plane. Shouts out to Air France Wi-Fi. Um, but what happens is Oregon just runs out of arms. They've had a lot of injuries to their whole pitching staff the entire year, and they just ran out of arms. And by the end, it got messy, sloppy, started walking guys, hitting guys, and Oral Roberts pulled ahead. Just a quick thing on Oral Roberts. We'll preview this a little bit more in the in the preview, but. I think it's important for teams like this to get to Omaha every couple of years because it keeps the hope and dream alive for all of the non-Power 5 programs. And so even though like Oral Roberts isn't a team that I'm particularly enthused by, to be uh, frank with you, like what they've done is incredibly impressive. I'm not taking away from that at all. I just haven't watched them a whole lot compared to some of the other smaller schools. But the fact that they're here is super important. You know, it's like, and, I don't, I don't listen to Sting's music, but the fact that he's making it, you know, I really respect that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, not just, not just that it's that, like, it's obviously to your point about, okay, it's giving the other mid-majors hope. Southern Mr. ECU makes it, that's awesome. But it's also like, well, yeah, those teams are powerhouse. Like for a four, <laughs> four seed to get here out of the Summit League, it's like, it's awesome. ah, fuck it. Who yeah, cares? You know, awesome. it's more of the, the Stony Brook feel, so. Very, very I, cool. We will see, but obviously we'll, we'll save that for the preview. Uh, Steve, anything else on this uh, this Super Regional? No, I was just saying I love the mid-major making it to Omaha, especially in a year where everyone's like, oh, there's so many rules in effect that only the Power Five is going to ever have success from now on. So it's like, okay, cool. Mid-majors can still do it. I also like that, like um, – <laughs> That, like, it's Oral Roberts and then, like, the most, all of the most famous players and teams. <laughs> like, it's not even, like, a balanced field of, like, some average good teams. Like, it is everyone you could draw up to get with all the best famous first-round players and then Oral Roberts. Very amazing. Okay. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Next one uh, I would like to talk about, I am going to send us to Winston-Salem, where Wake Forest <laughs> continued their dominant run through this tournament with a resounding 22-5 victory over the Tide in Game 2 after a closer 5-4 win in Game 1. Very impressive uh, fight from Alabama. But uh, they hit nine home runs, guys. They hit nine home runs. I don't care how small your ballpark is. If you hit nine home runs in a game in any situation, if it's a midweek against uh, Western Illinois or it's Game 2 of a Super Regional uh, against Alabama, that's fucking crazy. And Rock Wilkin had three. He has the new ACC home run record. Um, I don't know what – I. this is ridiculous. Wake is amazing. They're so much better than everybody else, and I am glad they got to remind us uh, once again. Steve, anything from this region, Super Regional? No, nah, they're just taking care of business was probably played a lot um, down there, I imagine, because that's what they did. They just kind of took care of business. Jake, you mentioned this to me. Um, we have to shout out our friend Mike Farron. One of the most important people in our uh, baseball careers is Mike Farron, who was on the call in Winston-Salem. And the reason why I want to shout him out, not just because, you know, he crushed the call all weekend, but because particularly in this game, too, it felt like we were watching a home run derby, and that was reflected in the calls. It was like when you're watching a home run derby and every subsequent home run, it, like when someone goes on a streak, you know, the announcer gets getting crazier and crazier and louder and louder. And Farron was blasted like it was like it felt like just a barrage it was so funny and 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 uh uncle mark really delivered uh the goods on those calls so shouts out to him there um, uh, but yeah wake is holy shit i'm so excited to watch them wake beat alabama so bad that they announced their new head coach on monday morning <laughs> like their season ended on sunday and they were like they're jason like, jackson right. thank you for stepping in for brad bow yeah uh we but, really but, appreciate hey. it you you're promoted to associate head coach yep Congratulations, yeah. Jason Jackson. Incredible job. Uh, let's uh, turn the page. A lot, a lot of runs. Let's yes. get this. Let's um, get this thing moving. Exactly. All right. Let's go to how about Gainesville? Let's go to Gainesville. Also, a pretty dominating performance uh, from Florida. Close game in game one. Hurston Waldrip. Wow, I love this dude. Such a big fan. He just delivered. It was. It was. It was really impressive because he and he sort of did this uh, in the regional round. He's at his best when he's just going off speed the whole time. I mean, he was throwing like 70% splitters and sliders, and South Carolina had absolutely no fucking idea what to do with it, and it was uh, extremely impressive. So excited to watch him in Omaha too, but South Carolina, hats off. You battled. You kind of, This is about as far as I kind of expected them to make it, and um, a great season for them kind of getting that program back on track. Uh, I don't know what they will look like next year. I guess they'll still have Ethan Petri. I know some of those old guys will move on, but – Florida, very impressive. I'm a big Braylon Wimmer guy. Mm. Great he's career. a fun watch. Great career. So uh, I, I yeah. guess he's done. He's, get, he's got another he'll year. He'll probably be in pro ball. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has another year, but I, I would guess somebody drafts him. Um, Steve, anything on your uh, your Gators, your friends down in Gainesville? Uh, former um, friends oh. <laughs> after this week. Um, no, 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 no. We're I'm still kidding. reviewing, We're still not previewing, friends. Steve. Yeah, no, Reviewing, no, no, not previewing. No, I know, I know. We're still friends. Um, I'm excited to watch them play. It was, it, was a, it was a good super regional win. You know, the first game, I'm a big believer if you win the first game by close margins, it's pretty demoralizing. Like, 
if I'm a losing team in a super regional, I would rather lose by eight than by one. Because then it's like, all right, we just we, we kind of stunk today. Um, we didn't we didn't deserve to win. But when you lose by those close margins, it's like, ah, oh, shit, we were so close. You're listening to Lincoln Park. In the end, just hits a little bit harder. And oh, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> and the next game is just like, all right, I'm a shell of a human. It's hard to, it's hard to bounce back from those close losses. And Florida just rode out the momentum, it looked like. I mean, Steve, uh, two points. One, bonus credit to Oral Roberts for exactly the point that you just yeah, said, right? They exactly. blow the 8 lead, and then they, they still win the regional. But to your point, right, when you try so hard and get so far and in the end it doesn't even matter, I mean, that fucking sucks. It's the worst. I remember that song played the first day of Hell Week at App State, and I was really – I was throwing up when I heard it, and I was just like, man, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more before we get to Charlottesville, and that is TCU taking down Indiana State. Um, it does feel like the, the home field advantage – that they ultimately ended up having was was helpful here. Uh, just an impressive showing. Close games. Indiana State really battled. But shouts out to the TCU pitching, who's really come on. That's that's definitely the one of the kind of groups, units, that I'm going to have to familiarize myself a little bit more with once we get to Omaha, because that is not necessarily a group of, of names that, that we know as much as some of these other teams. But TCU, as you kind of mentioned uh, during – I can't remember if it was the last show or the show before that, Steve, but, like, TCU and Omaha, like, that's – that's a thing that has been Feels very right. important for people our age who kind of grew up watching college baseball. Like that is kind of part of the whole deal. Jake, do you remember the TCU the grind video on oh YouTube? Oh my god, the TCU the is grind it? video is see, formative. I, Steve, you see, I didn't even I didn't know what he was talking about, and and I and he still didn't. Say, okay, I hear I found it now. I'll have to watch this. Dude, TCU so. the grind. We like what were we in like high school? We were like yeah, it was 2012, 2012. Eighth grade. Uh, yeah, so eighth grade for me. No, no, Steve, you were, you were. No, I remember watching it. In okay, so grade. maybe there were a couple different fall versions. of fall of 2012. No, I was a freshman. Yeah, freshman. But spring, I was in eighth grade. I, I see. Got it. Got it. Got it. So probably over that summer. Yeah. All right. I still don't think Whatever. that's right, but that's fine. Steve, that's not way. right, dude, because I graduated <laughs> high school in 2013. I don't think you're right, but whatever. I think I think you're off by a year, but either way, it's fine. Yeah. I graduated it, it, high school in 2015. They know. had they had a bunch of different ones, but the point is the grind for TCU baseball is like the first thing I remember about college baseball, really. It's like one of the first things I can like in my head think about. And it was so cool. It was the coolest thing ever. So, Steve, there is there is a version called I'm seeing called Quiet Confidence, which seems to be the prelude to this. That was 2011, so it's possible okay. it's okay, possible yeah. you're conflating uh, the two. They, they obviously are both very very interrelated. Again, I haven't watched these, so I'm going to watch these get get same. hyped for the Horn Frogs. I think it's the same um, voiceover guy because. Mm-hmm. We operate with that quiet confidence. That's there you go. Then that's say. that okay. is yeah. probably you're what right. You're right. They're yeah. both burned into the brain. But Jake, I made the point last week that that's just like that was the first like piece of content that ever went around in college baseball that wasn't just like a highlight or something like that. That changed the landscape of it in my oh, mind, where 100%. everybody wanted because as. A high schooler i did not wake up before 6 a.m for anything baseball related without watching this video first thing like dead dead fact absolute hardo 
doofus move that was before i realized like you don't have to be that crazy but it was sick like it's just such a great video it's great it's so good jordan um, it made also, jordan that's why jordan didn't play college ball steve is because he didn't watch the grind i didn't watch we it that was yeah. the, that yeah. i, I would have that really would have driven me uh last thing on tcu <laughs> and then we'll wrap with uva it's interesting about the timing of that video because they make the world series for the first time in 2010 but then not again until 14, but then 14, 15, 16, 17, four years straight in Omaha. And then now they return finally in 2023. So it's, it's weird because they are such a name brand, but they are like coming into this bracket, like, you know, the sixth or seventh most compelling or like favorite juggernaut team. Uh, but maybe that'll, maybe that'll be good for them. Maybe that'll be good for them. So, um, all right, let's go to Charlottesville, Steve, and wrap it up with the who's. Uh, Steve, I saw a sign at the beginning of game two. It said some fan. It wasn't you. It said who's in three. Who's in three? Who's in three? Who's in three? And there it was. Who's in three? They blast the Blue Devils in game two, 14-4, and do the same 12-2 in game three. After a fantastic game one, credit to Duke. Another amazing season for Duke, very impressive stuff. But Steve got to do his five-hour drive home happy. And for that, I am happy. Steve, uh, highlights from the weekend in Charlottesville before we say goodbye. Highlights, um, watching Ethan Anderson play baseball. I, I've i talked about how it's incredible how I've overlooked it. It's even more incredible, and I overlooked it even more than I should have because the kid absolutely mashes from both sides of the plate. It's very, very fun to watch him play. I just want to reiterate that um, Jake Geloff hitting home runs, setting records, becoming the home run king, which I feel like he's now got like six different home run kingdoms that he is the king of. But <laughs> watching him become that was absolutely awesome to see. And then just watching all the pitching staff show out. These guys who this time last year were at summer ball at their respective institutions, I believe. Um, they were not still playing for their schools. They all transfer to UVA and say, hey, you know what, guys? Um, summer ball is not our favorite, which a lot of college players will tell you is the case. I I liked it, but I was a weirdo. Um, and said, let's just play school ball really long and throw so much that they tell us, hey, have a great summer. Don't even worry about it, you know? And so I, I love that, but it, it was just incredible to watch the team click on all cylinders and really play the way that they – they can play because they have all the talent in the world and pretty much every college team has a ton of talent. It's just what it comes down to. And the teams that are still playing right now are the teams that can mesh that talent together. And so seeing them come together and just play really complete ball games was just awesome to see. Um, I'm curious as to what the bullpen is going to look like moving forward, because I just haven't seen them in a while. Um, it's, <laughs> That's true. It's well, you're going to need an arm has been going, you know, so yeah, It'll be interesting to see how the bullpen handles that. They're all going to be pretty fresh, which mm -hmm. should be good. Mm -hmm. But, hey, if they get into a situation, Steve's going to be right there. So uh, just uh, Donkey is ready to come in and find some redemption. Yeah, Looking I just need to, to get that. one good practice in, and then I think I'm good. Yeah, all right. Just air well, it out. You'll be all right. We look forward to that. And great call on Ethan Anderson. What a freaking crazy season he's had. Um, did not realize the numbers he had been putting up. And also curious if he's catching next year when Kyle Teal is in professional baseball. That should be interesting. All right. 
gentlemen, we did it. We reviewed the Super Regionals. I thought we did a super job. I think we did. Uh, We are going to say goodbye so this podcast can go live. We will be previewing the World Series, the Swirled Series, tomorrow night from Omaha, Nebraska, from (laughs) Cracky McKees or whatever. Uh, We will be there uh, near the Chuck Box, and I'm so excited to see both of you gentlemen. It is going to be a great time. But until then, congrats to all those who competed to this point in their season's end, have ended. Uh, But to those who carry on on this march, this road, this flight to Omaha, we will see you very soon. I can smell the Bud Light in the Mm. lobby of the Hilton already, my my dudes. Steve, close us out. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this review of the Super Regionals. I hope you enjoyed this review of Cracky McGee's. Um, (laughs) And I hope that... We were compelling enough that you'll check out both, if not this season for, you know, super regionals because you missed it. Check it out next year. And if you're going to Omaha, if you booked a flight and you're like, wow, that was expensive, go to Cracky B, Cracky McGee's, where the beer is equally expensive. Have a great day, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Shock Factor Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.